dead, son, 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 dead, son. Hey, um, so this is a very special podcast because this is actually, you know, this might be the first time I'm on someone else's podcast. Really? I think. I think so. I feel I don't privileged. Think I've ever been a guest. There's something wrong with that. Well, we're, ch- we're changing that right now, right? I've been invited, and um, I've ta- I've actually did do one, but we it, it didn't record. We had technical difficulties. Um, it was a podcast about being single, but other but it never it never got posted or anything. So this would be the, my first time being a guest on a podcast. This is Marisol, by the way, <laughs> um, from the Shit You Can't Make Up podcast. And I have um, Sean, producer guy, who produces my podcast for me, uh, who has his own great podcast with his son, Dad Son Podcast. And um, I think we're doing some crossover work today. We're totally doing crossover work. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do a, the Dad Son Podcast with my son. I'm going to tell the story real quick on how this crossover came together, if that's okay. Sure. My, my interpretation of how it came together. <laughs> So I, you know, you and I, we work together to produce your podcast or, I mean, honestly, you do all the hard work. I just do a couple things and give it to you. But, <laughs> but I kept no. posting on, I kept posting on Instagram. I'm like, Hey, we're not recording a podcast today, but this is what we're doing. And we're, you know, wearing Halloween costumes or something at the mall. And I think you just took pity on me because we haven't done a <laughs> podcast in a while, my son and I, and it's, it's tough when you record with when he was 15 years old, he was all for it. Now he's 17, a senior in high school. He's working a job. So finding that time when he wants to sit down to do a podcast is few and far in between. So I say all this to say basically this is a pity podcast. <laughs> it's you not took a pity. pity. You I, took pity it's not a me. pity because of your podcast. It's a pity. It was pity because I know what it's like having teenagers. And I could I, I could imagine because my daughter, you know, she's been on, um, I think, two of my podcasts. And, um, you know, I, I've been trying to get her to do her own or one with me. And it's um, it's an impossible feat. So I was like, oh. And then it's a senior year. It's her son's senior year. So you know he's bucked. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, not that he and I don't talk all the time. I just don't haven't been recording it. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't want. He doesn't want to participate in Daddy's hobby. Right. Exactly. It's a good way of putting it. So accurate. Yeah. yeah, that's how Heather sees my podcasting as my hobby. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Well, I think yeah. I think I think once my son realized he couldn't monetize it for any of his benefit, he became less interested. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is uh, well. That's like my son, who's never been on my podcast, never listened to a podcast, and basically doesn't acknowledge that I have one. So <laughs> he's like, I, when I got the sponsorship, uh, was the first time he had any interest in the podcast, and. When I told him how much um, the sponsorship was, he quickly lost interest. He was like, mm, this isn't a moneymaker for you, Mom. I'm like, no, son, it's a hobby. <laughs> so, um, but no, it's, um, they're, you know, kids, high school. I mean, my kids are sophomores. You have a, a senior and you have one in college, right? Yeah, I have high school's crazy. It's just it's so it was crazy when I went in when I was in high school, and 
now seeing both my kids go through it, um, I'm like, yeah, nothing really. Some things have changed. The technology is a whole new aspect to it that I feel sorry for all of them for having. But the whole experience, it's such a weird time. Like I keep trying to tell my kids, I'm like, I mean, obviously I want my children to go to college and I, I want them to do well. But I think I'm also at a point where I'm like, this is such a weird, fake, intense time for you guys. And it's really never going to be this intense again, <laughs> unless you decide to go to med school or law school. It's, it's, you're not going to have this pressure to um, get into a, you know, college or, or it's just even looking for work isn't as pressure as high school can be. It's like, gosh, you know, well, you I know, don't know. I, that's, I, I got I'm thinking. I, I have a, a daughter. I have a 20-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. And I'm assuming they're not going to be listening to this episode. So, <laughs> 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 um, you know, it it is hard. I mean, you know, we, I, I kind of kind of quickly realized that, you know, and, and I think part of it is kind of some of the work that I do in the community because I work for an agency that works with kids or works with a bunch of agencies that works with kids. And, you know, I think we automatically assumed because I grew up with the assumption that you would go to college. And, you mm-hmm. know, while my kids, I think both one is in college and one is going to go to college, I'm not convinced that that's always what they should be doing right away. No, yeah. And that and that pressure uh, that we put on them, I don't know if it's well, always that helpful. No, I agree. I mean, I, I know my kids aren't going to listen to this, so I'm just going to be really honest. <laughs> about it because I've been thinking a lot about this you know as the clock ticks towards writing some big ass checks for college for two I have twins you know so it's you know double double whammy um, and I've just kind of been thinking about both my kids and I want them to obviously I want them to go to college that's the expectation um, my ex-husband and I have put on them since birth we expect them to go to college um, but for me, it's come to a point where it's its just a time in your life that I really think it's a great time in your life where you're not a kid. You get some freedoms to learn how to be an adult. It's like training wheels um, <laughs> to be an adult. And you can figure out what you want to, what your life's, you know, passions are or whatnot. Grow up socially, grow just a, just an opportunity to grow up a little bit in, a, in, a, in an environment um, with your peers, but it's not the end all be all. Like I I know so many people losing their shit about kids going to, you know, it's just not, let me rephrase that because these people will be listening to my podcast. (laughs) They're not losing their shit about their kids getting to college, but they're losing their shit about the whole stress of, you know, the application process, the scholarship process, the, where they're going to go and so on and so on. And, um, and I'm sure I'm going to be exactly like that, you know, a year and a half from now. But I, I think to myself, the reality is my kids are going to be fine and they're going to be fine. Uh, my son is going to be fine. He, I mean, he just sold, I don't know how many, how many boats he's sold and he's 15 and he has a little side business where he makes, you know, <laughs> he sells boats. <laughs> Yes, yes, for thousands of dollars, and he's been doing it for years. He's he started out with uh, what was it, kayaks, and then he upgraded to go karts, and you know, we just went to go look at a truck today. I posted on Facebook earlier today, and 
I, I'm actually arguing with him to buy the car for him as I feel that's my duty as his parent. And he wants to buy it for himself because he wants that independence. He doesn't want me to be able to say, no, you're grounded. You lost your truck, which I'd still say regardless of who paid for it. But what I'm saying is <clears throat> financially, I'm not worried about this kid. He's, he's going to be fine. He's um, sounds like a little you got entrepreneur. Your sounds like you got your retirement plan all set. That's pretty nice. <laughs> you know, so many people have told me that. <laughs> but so he's good. And then my daughter equally. She's not, she doesn't have that um, entrepreneurial side to her as or at least it hasn't been awoken as of yet. But um, you've heard her on the podcast. She's very smart. She's um, creative, and she and she's going to be fine. So basically, I'm saying in my head, I don't say this to them because I never know what is appropriate. And I think if you give teenagers an inch, they'll take, you know, the whole arm. Hours. But um, it's sort of like there's infinite, no, not infinite, but there's a shitload of colleges across this country. You'll all you'll get into one. <laughs> So stop freaking I, again this is not stuff I say to my kid but I'm thinking you're going to get into one so just let's find the one that's right for you and don't graduate with debt is kind of my thought I, I keep thinking to myself take the money that you know your father and I have put aside use it for school and try to graduate get scholarships and stuff and try to graduate with some extra instead of going to an Ivy League or I'm not saying that my kids would get into an Ivy League but if they wanted to and they did and they got in, like, why? Why pay all that money? Unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, every person I've ever met that's gone to Ivy League, I don't see it benefiting um, their pocketbook. The people that I know that have gone to Ivy League and it's been a huge benefit, they already had a huge benefit because of their family name. Um, right. So right. that's my personal Marisol philosophy on higher education, which is it's just a good time in your life. And it's... Um, you know, get the most you can out of it. Try not to graduate with, I mean, it's ridiculous the debt people are, are graduating with. I mean, I think when I went to school, it's like 10 grand. <laughs> oh yeah. And that, that would probably 10 grand. That would be cheap for one year of college, one year of college. Yeah. And it's, uh, having, having currently having a 20 year old in college, by far, you know, and certainly don't want this to end up being a financial planning podcast, but um, uh, yeah. by far the most expensive part is housing. And what me and my wife, did, what my wife and I did were uh, we basically paid off, we, we paid off our house purposefully right before our first child was going to go to college because basically we swapped a mortgage payment for a college payment. Sure. But, I, you know, I have a little bit different, I mean, kind of the same, I don't philosophy you have on education, but I have a little bit different, uh, I don't know, different circumstance, but I have a 20-year-old, and I think I've revealed this on my podcast. If not, I'm going to say it here again in hopes that she's probably not going to be listening, but uh, my daughter has epilepsy. So we have a, and with that, um, a couple of uh, like executive functioning disorders, so she doesn't organize things the way that you and I would linearly, linearly, um, and it's hard, you know, particularly when you're at college and it's a little bit less structured to be organized. And so, we have a great state college that's like literally in our, you know, in the city that I live in. But my wife really wanted my daughter to have the opportunity to live on her own, to have to what you what you said the college experience. 
um, yeah. as opposed to staying at home and taking classes. While the classes are important, the experience is probably just as, if not more important, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. So, so she, she got into the school and she's been struggling. And I got to tell you, as a parent, you know, it was stressful when my daughter became a preteen because she acted like she was 20 at the time. Um, and, you know, somewhat in a good way, but also somewhat in a stressful way. Any father can relate or any parent can relate. I have never been more stressed as a parent than when my daughter's these two years that my daughter's been in college. Because, really? because when you're in college, when, when you go and take them to college and they say, hey, they're 18, they're an adult now, they, they don't you know, they don't have any obligation to contact you. So my daughter, her freshman year, would have a seizure on campus. Um, and we wouldn't find out till day, day and a half later when she happens to mention it on a text or a Facebook posting. So that kind of level of like not really knowing what's going on um, and not because I want to be at all in her business because she's a strong, independent uh, young woman, but just being able to know if she's safe and secure and knowing that you're not going to be that person that they call or the school's not going to call you, that's been stressful. But as my, oh my wife, God. as my wife says, and you know, I actually agree with this. I've, you know, it's taken me about a year and a half to come to terms with this is that my daughter is on a journey and whatever ups and downs, you know, if she doesn't make it in this school or if she does make it or whatever happens, it's her, her journey to live and no kid has a straight path towards their future. So I got to let her, let her live her journey. That's what I tell myself yeah, yeah. so I can sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's a great, it's a great way to be. I, um, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I just don't have, I think this is where I, my childhood is a blessing, you know, cause it was, I was first generation American. My I don't, I don't believe my parents had even a high school education. I mean, my mom was very, very bright. And I know she went to some sort of secretarial school, but she's from Honduras. She was one of 12 children. You know, she did not go to college. So for, for me being born here, it was, um, it was just a goal. It was always a goal. For me, it was like, this is my way out. This is my way out of the Hialeah. <laughs> um, get get out of the hood, basically, and that and that was basic. And that was it. But I, this was before you know technology and uh, personal computers and all that. So I remember having to go to the library, filling out the applications. It no one was helping me. There was no. Um, I mean, the school helped me, but my my mom would never have known when I was applying or anything like that, and. Fast forward to today, to the life that my children have and to the world that we're in, in now, it's like all these parents are like, you know, obsessed with the application process and filling it out and getting, you know, helping them with the essays and all that. And to me, that's just foreign, uh, which I, I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm not, I'm not. I have no idea. And again, I'm sure two years from now, I'm going to be eating so much crow. That's right. It, <laughs> like, I can't just, do a podcast. A, a, I got to write my child's essay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't podcast today. I have to write this. But it's it's a foreign concept for me to as a parent. I guess I didn't have that visual as a parent, as a child, having a parent concerned about my 
not that she didn't want me to go to college. She did, but you know what I mean? It wasn't like she wasn't involved in the process. And I feel like, well, if I was able to do that with what I had as a childhood, then my kids, as privileged as they have it, I'm, I'm not going to be wringing my hands. Like, literally, you all, sh- the, you should all go to college and <laughs> be very grateful for every thing that your father and I have provided for you. But um, but then again, you know, they're sophomores, so you know, I could be totally well, full of shit. My, my kids, I mean, my daughter... I mean, we, we, you know, kind of showed her how to apply and like where to go online, but I'll be honest with you, we made her do it. I mean, we helped her organize it to get it in, but she definitely had to do it herself. And, you know, there was a lot of like, Hey, how much, you know, what's your guys' income? You know, I watched at the computer, you know, what's your maiden name? You know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, um, you know, whether my kids go to college or not, this is something that I think, you know, as a parent, you kind of wonder like, you know. I always joke like with my kids or my, my daughter, I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, our goal is to not screw you up as much as our parents screwed us up. And then your goal is to not screw your kids up as much as we screwed you up. Um, but, uh, uh, I always tell my, my kids and my son that, and particularly my son, cause he's very conscious about his grades and stuff. And I'm just like, look, you know, he's like, you know, I studied, you know, if I study for an hour, he's like, do you think that's enough? And I'm like, I'm like, I can't tell you if that's enough. I said, you're going to, you're going to get the grade that your effort put into it. So, you know, that's kind of true with everything. You know, nobody grows up to be a superstar basketball player because they're uniquely talented. Even if they are, you know, physically talented, they have to put in the work and the effort. So I always tell my son is, as long as you put in the work and the effort, whatever grade you get is, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I, you know, going to your point about, do they need to go to college right after? I, I always think the gap year that, you know, in Europe is much more common um, would be a great gift for kids or, you know, just, just to step out and do, even if it's a humanitarian effort and not, a you know, a, a vacation or anything um, would behoove them better than going straight to, to college. This, it just feels like we're on the, I just feel this, and I'm part of this. I'm just as I'm a, a part of this dynamic as well. But just the second those my two the twins started high school, it, it's like this imaginary clock started ticking of stress and you know anxiety and everything counts and so on and so on and so on. And part of me, like when again, I don't say this verbalize it to the kids, but part of me is like, this is such bullshit. Like in this in thirty years from now this moment of how stressed they are about, you know, um, their high school career is, is just not, <laughs> it's, it's Nobody's not gonna a, big, give a shit, right? you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's funny cause my son, he, you know, he, he's pretty strong academically and he definitely puts forth the effort and he, th- to your point, this happened probably about, I don't know, three, four months ago, maybe a little bit longer. He was stressed out about college cause he, he was worried about his grades because he needed to get, in, he, according to him, he really wanted to get into a good college. And, you know, we keep telling him, like, look, it really doesn't matter what college you go to. Honestly, at some point, it really doesn't even matter what grade you get in college. You know, I can remember, and I'm old, but I can remember the first time, you know, the first job I got, somebody asked me where I went to school and they asked me what my grade point average was. After I got my first job, all they cared about was that I had a degree. 
They didn't care where it was from or what I, they didn't even care what I studied, to be honest with you. Um, and they did, certainly didn't care about my grade point average. And it's, it's um, and, you know, and technology has changed things too, which I don't think it's caught, caught up to higher education, which is it's just such a global economy as well. So there's just so many more opportunities to maybe not go, you know, the nine to five route and, and be more entrepreneurial. I just think, you know, I don't know, it just seems like such a, it just doesn't seem like a healthy, happy, you know, existence to this time in their lives, but it's what we all do, at least here in the States. It's, it's how, you know, if, if you are, you're, there's a, a expectation you're going to go to college. I will say the one thing I'm super happy about is I really, and again, I'm so glad that I know they're not going to listen to this podcast, but I really, it's not that I don't care where they go. Obviously, I do care, but um, I don't care. <laughs> like, like my, I, I know that my self-worth isn't tied, and my self-worth as a mother isn't tied to where what college they go to. Um, where I do see some people, you know, not some people kind of do that. Like the, the, I've seen that look of like, they just want to post that, that moment they're going to post on Facebook where their kids have decided to go to school. It's like a big moment in that parent's life. I don't care. (laughs) I, I do care in the sense that I want them to find a happy place and the place that you know, for my daughter, it's, it, I want different things for my kids. Like for my daughter, I really want her to find somewhere that she fits into and that is um, really a, a, just a, a, this is going to sound kind of stupid, but visually a beautiful place for her. You know, she, she loves um, nature and, you know, she, she could really appreciate um, her setting. So it's more like uh, the setting of where she is would be important to me. Um she doesn't have, I mean, she has no clue what she wants to do. She has gone from saying she wants to be a, a brain surgeon to a director to, um, I, I don't even know what, I think a comedian. She has no idea. And, and yet at 15, she doesn't have to. My son, he should never <laughs> do anything but work for himself. Because <laughs> it's not going to be pretty for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, because um, he was born an old man, but um, I just think they're going to be fine, and I want to support them. I want them to be successful, but I, I, I just I'm not too I'm not invested into their um, where they go to college. I am invested in them going to college. I do feel like I need them to get that degree because you need that degree, and um, And I would feel badly if they didn't get one. But as far as like where or, um, you know, any pride or joy, you know, I'm sort of, my son, it sounds like a lot like your son, he's very academically motivated and, you know, he has um, high reach thoughts sometimes of where he'd like to go. And and again, I, I don't necessarily verbalize this to him, but in my head I'm thinking, okay, take the money we have saved up for you and use less of it to go to college and then you could graduate taking the rest. You know, like, I would think take the money that you can and start your own business. Um, would be better, he'd be better served that way. 
Um, but you know, whatever they do, they're going to, I just have this fundamental belief that they're going to be fine. Um, Isn't that a cheap trick song? The kids are all right. Yeah, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. They're not going to be living with me. There's definitely no uh, <laughs> failure to launch. Um, Situation don't, going on don't, here. Don't say that now. It is way too early for you to be making that claim now, <laughs> sister. You, you, you know, don't don't ever say that. You just never know. <laughs> you know what? That's the beauty of being divorced. I do know. Oh, okay. There you I go. Put in my time. Uh, no, if there's a failure to launch, you're moving in with daddy because <laughs> I have plans. <laughs> <laughs> I've turned all your rooms into podcast studios. <laughs> rooms the house will be gone <laughs> oh okay there you go <laughs> I'm running a Winnebago you cannot stay with me oh uh, but I do have a third I have a third child uh, behind them so and she she has um, process, she has a dysgraphia dyslexia ADHD processing issues so that's going to be a whole other situation when that time comes but um, but even with her I'm like she's, everyone's going to be fine <laughs> It'd be good. Um, I just w- I just wish that self-imposed stress wasn't there. But well, um, as a parent, isn't that that's what we want for all of our kids? We want them to all live stressful, free lives. But I mean, you know, I remember in high school it was stressful. Not because I wasn't stressed about college, um, about where I would go. I mean, there's pretty much one state university. <laughs> that's where I went. <laughs> but uh, I, I know here around here. It seems like, um, you know, and I live in a town called Port St. Lucie. It's not really an affluent town by any means. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's got nice areas, but I wouldn't call it an affluent town. And there are a lot of kids that are a lot of young adults that my kids hang out with. And I would say the majority of them do not go to college. Um, Mm -hmm. Even the really, you know, the ones that are really bright and smart, you know, they may be, you know, working at Domino's and maybe taking a class or two at the, the local state college. But it's few and far between kids that my kids hang out with that are actually going to college. So hopefully my kids, if you are listening, are appreciative <laughs> that they have the opportunity yeah. to go. <laughs> Be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, yeah. The, I, I think it's a mix. I, I think for my daughter, she probably has some friends who I'm not sure how, how they're going to shake out in the end, but um, I would say maybe a third, definitely. I would imagine. And then my, my son's probably you know, he's running with the academic crowds, I'm sure. They're all competing for spots. Um, we'll go to college. All right, I'm going to change the subject from college to, I, yeah. this is what I'm writing about right now, and okay. it fits in perfectly with the high school thing. So I have, as you know, boy-girl twins. And they're 15, and they're just, no one is dating yet. Neither one of them are dating, as far as I know. Um, I know my daughter has had crushes. i no, she's not listening because she would be super pissed about me talking about this. Um, but she's not date. She hasn't. She's not dating. She doesn't have a boyfriend. My, my son um, has, has no girlfriend and um, no signs of of anything. He's um, too busy making rush- Benjamins. <laughs> He's not. He doesn't seem too worried. Um, so, all that's all great and wonderful, but. I do feel like I have to start having conversations with them about dating. Like, you know, what they expect. You have to teach them, right? Because they don't know. And I, I should have a, a voice in their, you know, thought process and how you do this. And I have found myself 
really struggling with um, what I have, the things that I'm socially conditioned to say to my kids, which I'm probably going to say because I don't have the balls not to go with the the way it is. But my gut and my inner self is like, you know what? I just don't agree with this. And this is the, this the thing. So I'm supposed to set this expectation that if my son takes a girl out, if he invites a girl out, he needs to pay for said meal or movie or whatever they do. And to my daughter, again, we haven't had this conversation, but if a boy asks you out, that he's going to pay. And I kind of just want to call bullshit on it. I just want to say it's 2017, almost 18, and I'm single and I go out and um, I don't expect men to pay. Like, it, I feel like it's a um, it, 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 situations are different each time, but that, that what I used to do before I was married where yes, the man paid, I don't believe that anymore. That, that expectation that they pay. Why, why does the man have to pay if he's not expecting sex? Then what, what's the, there's, it's just a social norm. We've just been socially told that this is how it is. But But I got to interrupt right there because I was just having this discussion sort of a little bit heavier in regards to norms of society and, and sex and men and women. But you just said if the man pays for the meal or the date, he's to expect sex. No, no, no. I I was going to say, because that's complete garbage. (laughs) No, 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 no. That would probably be a fair exchange than what, (laughs) what is really going on in the world. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I'm just saying that's, I think where the social norm, you know, on its and its bare bones, if you're going to go back, 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 back in history, that's what it's all about is the man is the provider and the woman, you know, we, we will let you have sex with us. Maybe. Right. <laughs> I'm like not that. saying that's the, that's the facts for every dinner or date or thing, but right, I right. think that's my theory behind why we're socially expect the man to pay and the woman to receive. And I've just had a really, you know, and again, this is post divorce. This isn't, these weren't thoughts I had before my marriage, but I just, I like, I'm looking at my two children. I've raised them exactly the same. And I am aware. I'm fully aware that my son's probably still going to make more money doing the exact same job that my daughter is going to do just cause that's the way the world still is. Um, and I also know that it's, much more expensive to be my daughter than it is to be my son. She has to, you know, she get her hair done, get her eyebrows waxed, get nails done to go on that said date. My son just has to roll out of bed. It, it it's come and they're, <laughs> it's just watching them grow up. And it's sort of like God laughed at me and said, I'm going to give you boy, girl twins to test everything you thought you knew about, you know, um, men and women. Cause I, I really don't feel like saying, why? Why? I, I feel like it should be equal. It's sort of like, why, okay, why each could, either why couldn't go you do Dutch. Both? Why couldn't you do both? I mean, why couldn't you say, look, what, what are your kids' names? I'm sorry. Or Thomas do, and Heather. I was going to say, or do we not use their names? Thomas and Heather. These are <laughs> old societal norms. The man pays for the dinner. 
and end it at that. Don't say, and the woman is expected to. <laughs> Man pays for dinner. There'll be obvious weird tension in the air. And then the woman says goodbye and she got a free dinner. No. Um, but, but why couldn't you just say, but in today's world, and then espouse or, or state what you just said? That like, look, those are old social norms. I mean, yes, the gentleman, and this isn't just true for gentlemen, women too should be polite and be nice and hold doors and do all that. But this expectation that, you know, this non-spoken contract that I pay for a meal, therefore there's this weird possible payback later. Dynamic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, that same conversation that I had, this this woman that that runs this agency, I was I was having discussions with her, and she said she could remember in high school, she, uh, she lived in Florida. Some uh, she went on a date, and the guy took her to Disney World. Now, anybody that's ever been to Disney World knows that it's really really expensive. It costs a hundred bucks just to go through the gate. Took her to Disney World, and then at the end it of the day, thirty for a soda. Right, exactly, exactly, <laughs> and that's the small. And so, uh, and so after the date was over, he basically told her, "Like, look, I paid for Disney, so we're gonna have sex." See, <laughs> like, and you were just making fun of me, like. Well, I mean, this was a, this was this was I mean, this is probably twenty, thirty years ago, or probably twenty years ago. But that's just so wrong in this day and age that you being you, you being the person I know who you are, you cannot tell your kids the old societal norm. I don't think I'm really struggling. Again, they're not dating yet, but I know this conversation has to be had soon. And I'm this is what I'm actually writing about for the blog because I'm having such a struggle with it because. Okay, let me backtrack. There was a, a couple years ago, before the uh, gluten-free craze hit <laughs> the States, <laughs> there was a, a mom, they, they were in grade school, and there was a mom who was kind of a granola crunchy person, and she made these like homemade cupcakes that were, you know, whatever, gluten-free, something, you know, made from horse straw or something. I don't know, but... They were nasty, they were dry, they were ugly, and these kids were like in third or fourth grade. And I didn't say, I was just observing. And I felt so bad for her daughter because I I felt like the mom was imposing her beliefs onto the daughter. And the daughter was, you know, because no one wanted to eat the cupcakes. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a really like sad kind of situation. And I, I felt bad. For her, actually, her mother was a Ivy Leaguer too. As a side note, but anyway, um, and I so and what so when I how I tie that into why I'm confused now is I don't want to be that mom in this context. I don't want to force my personal beliefs onto them and their you know social um, experiences. But you know, like I said, I'm also single. And but I'll tell you, I'm single, and, and I. It is, I am bound to not offer. I don't offer to pay. I pay. And any guy that's gone out with me can call in. And I have emasculated men because I've offered to pay. <laughs> uh, or not even offered to pay because I pay. Because I just don't, I just, it's you, so important to me to be like, hey, I'm your, we're, I probably have more money than you is, is what I'm thinking in my head to this 
man I met on, you know, Tinder. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. All right. Why are we talking about our kids in college and we could be talking about your Tinder experiences? <laughs> no, but you know right, what You got to like, save that for me on another time because I want to hear all about this. But no, but uh, I have a lot of male friends who are friends and they go out with these girls and, you know, it's this constant like, they feel compelled to pay because that's how they were brought up and that's what they have, what they were taught. But they know the instant they see the girl that this isn't going to be a second date. She doesn't look like her picture. It's not a, you know, um, it's not a match or whatever you want to say, you know, technology and everything. Life has moved past where the guy's asking the girl to go to dinner and a movie. And so these guys are like shelling out, you know, let's say you're, you make 30 grand a year and you're trying to find a, a girlfriend or a wife or whatever. And you're going through this, you know, roller coaster ride of online dating that can get fucking expensive. And so, I mean, it's just, and I think it's such a burden on the guy. And I'm like, and they've even told me that there's girls, I don't know them and I'm not one of them who just go online looking for free meals. So and, um, I thought you were going to say, and I'm glad you didn't, but I was going to start laughing if you did, that, you know, they show up at the date and if the picture doesn't look like who they thought, you know, who they uh, had themselves online and stuff, that was the time when the man said, yeah, we're splitting this ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably respect that more. It's just, it. I just think so much hasn't caught up. So much, so many of our social norms haven't really caught up with the world that we have now. And the only argument I have against the woman not paying and staying in that role of receiving is that it is more expensive to be a woman and we make less money than you um, and things aren't equal. So fuck it. Let's get a free meal out of it. But that doesn't seem, you know, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of hear that. Um, uh you know, I was going to say, though, and, you know, I'm just going from experience with my daughter dates way more than my son does or did, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. But I got to say, when they're 15, 16, it's rare anymore, at least with my kids, that it's a date. It's more like, hey, we're going to go hang out with some friends. And, you know, they all might go to the movies or they all might go get coffee or they might all go get ice cream. And there might be somebody... Or, you know, a couple of people that are interested in each other, but it's rare that it's a one-on-one -on -one date. At least yeah, that's what I experienced. putting the cart before the horse. <laughs> but I do, have a, I do have a strategy. I do have a strategy. I mean, I haven't dated and <laughs> I haven't dated since 95. So, but, you know, do, like for you, when you do Tinder, which is uh, totally fascinating to me, um, when you do Tinder, not that you shouldn't be on Tinder, uh, side store here, we, I have a guy that I play basketball with. He's single dad, and anytime we get together for a basketball game, our pre, our pregame warm-up, if you will, is to sit with him on the bleachers, and as he goes through his Tinder profile, we all kind of like group decide whether he should swipe left or right. <laughs> that, yeah, it's a favorite activity with some of my friends. But, uh, but, I don't actually Tinder that much anymore because... I live in Wilmington, which is a very um, small town. So I've seen the same pictures for the last five years and they haven't updated them. And it's, 
I, if I'm on Tinder, it, the joke now that I say is that if I jumped on Tinder, it's because I haven't had a date in a really long time, um, which for me. But So, so do um, most of your dates on Tinder, and I guess this would apply to your kids, maybe. We can tie it in somehow, but are, are most of them like full dates? Like, let's go to a dinner and a movie, or is it just like, because to me... Mm-hmm. Before I invested that, this is terrible, but if I was dating and I was going to invest all that time and money, I'd be like, hey, let's just grab a cup of coffee first. No, I've mastered the online dating um, formula, which is you don't want to get into a texting situation where you text with them for a while to get to know them better because you could fall in love with their texting and then meet them in person and be like, shit, I really regret (laughs) <laughs> those last few texts <laughs> were implied. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm saying you can get emotionally invested in verbal texting and then meet someone and there'd be no physical So let me, let, let me, I was going to say, let me translate that. So you text somebody <laughs> and, you know, over a great median of text, they're eloquent and well-spoken. And then when you meet them, they're like, yeah, he doesn't do anything for me. There's none of that. Exactly. What's that? What's that? Exactly that chemistry, that thickness in the air that you described before. Yeah. There, it, so I have learned that if I see someone online that um, we match and, and based on the picture that they have on the profile, you know, whatever they've written that I might want to, I, I look at it as I'll meet them for a coffee drink and I do it very quickly. Like within 48 hours of matching them, if I'm really going looking you know, for companionship, I'm very quick. Like, let's meet and see if it's even worth giving you my phone number. <laughs> Just to get it out of the way. Um, and on that, I always, always pay for myself, regardless if it's, I mean, there have been some times where they've paid just because they got to it first. Um, but I, I just think it's a meet and greet. And then um, the number, the percentages of those that turn into actual dates Excuse me, I'm not known for my math skills. Give me a minute. Um, you need a calculator? I would say probably less than 10%. Really? Yes. 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 <laughs> um, so, there you go. <laughs> so I like how um, this podcast has devolved from Let's talk about our kids and college. Let's talk about dating. To let's talk about Marisol's personal life. Oh my god, I am actually seeing some. Well, teeing is a what? very strong word. Um, Do tell. Oh Did you find oh, them on t- he, Tinder? <laughs> no, but not somewhere much better than that. Um, Plenty of fish. <laughs> well, he's younger than me, Sean. <gasps> I am dating a younger man. Like how much younger? He's, Ten years younger than me. Oh uh, well, you know, again, a, dating that, is a strong word. I need to, that, to be a, accurate. You're just having sex. With um, <laughs> we. Um, oh fuck. Well, I'm not posting this now. <laughs> um, we. I mean, it's a relationship in the sense that we communicate daily. He he pursued me for um, um, significant amount of time. Almost, I would say almost. Not almost two. Okay, let's I don't back. know. Right, a lot. Wait, wait. Now a we're getting. If you've stayed with us this long on the podcast, you got through <laughs> us talking about college and blah blah. Uh, now we're getting to the good part. First of all, where, what platform or how did you guys meet? 
It was online, and I don't remember. We don't. We were talking about this the other day. We don't remember, but we had. We didn't even exchange. It was a platform where we didn't even exchange pictures oh, wow. um, for a while. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, and he doesn't actually live here. He travels through here a lot, a lot, like every week. Does he work with um, the CIA, the FBI? No, I think he works for like... That might not be real. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't even... I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he's younger, um, which is is a new... Like I've dated... I've gone on a few dates with younger men. Um, again, I'm not dating him though. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you so want you, to call it. So, okay, so when you say that, now you, last time I said something, you said, oh, I, now I can't play it. But you know that's what you imply, right? That I'm sleeping with them. Yeah. Yeah, I get. I mean, that's definitely what we do. Oh, um, well then, no, no implying <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of our relationship. Um, it's yeah, but it's it's but it, it is more than that. He is he's very smart. I enjoy like having conversations with him. He's we have great conversations and. Um, Does he listen to your podcast? Um, maybe. (laughs) I'm hoping he doesn't listen to this one. Um, We'll put the disclaimer. We'll say, (laughs) all right, anybody, kids of Marisol and kids of Sean can't listen. And what's his name? No. Okay. (laughs) Anyone who's sleeping with me. (laughs) Anybody who may or may not be 10 years younger than Marisol who has slept with her in the last month cannot listen to this podcast. Yeah. No, but so that's been really, um, it's been cool, but it's not, when I say it's not really, it's not like, it's not traditional relationship. I, I do see it as a relationship because I think anything with two humans is a relationship. Um, and it's it's definitely friendship, and we've known each, we've gotten to know each other fairly well over a long period of time. And yes, it became sexual, which was you know great, um, but but it's not it's not monogamous. Um, Does he know that? He doesn't even. <laughs> well, he, he does doesn't now. even. He's thirty four. But he needs did. to go look for Mrs. Whoever you know. His, I don't even know his last name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh my God, this is the best. So first of all, Mr. 34, that's what your name is, Mr. 34. The good news is she said the sex is great. The bad news is it's not monogamous. So just in case. <laughs> well, it's not monogamous because it, it's not a long-term relationship. I Well, it's, it's, I don't see a long-term relationship potential. He is well, gorgeous be, and smart. Why? He needs to find Mrs. Future, whatever his last name is to have children with, but that's not where he is in, in life right now. And where I am in life is, you know, with my kids in, in where they are in high school, where we are, uh, post the divorce, they don't need anyone in my, uh, they don't need anyone that's in my life to be in their life. They don't need a stepdad. They don't need to know what mommy's doing. So, so definitely kids stop listening to this podcast now. (laughs) I know. I know. I know my son's only going to listen to him when I'm dead, so I'm okay. I'll be good. <laughs> so nice. So, so, but are you ready to call that already? I mean, I mean, you just told me how how smart he is, how well great conversations you have. Obviously, the sex is good. So, are you ready to just put a stake in it now and say, but it's not going any further? 
I, I don't want to, I don't know what the future holds for anyone. I'm just enjoying what it is for now. And what it is for now is, is he's someone I enjoy having um, time with, spending time with, adult time. Um, <laughs> he, fits into, <laughs> he fits into my schedule very well, um, which is hard. Um, and um, as far as, I, I, put a, I put a stake in it as far as, I think in more like self-preservation probably on my part, which is he's 34 years old, you know, and as smart and as successful and handsome as he is. And trust me, my ego, um, loves the attention. It's, it's lovely, but I'm also, I think I'm trying to be realistic and not be the type of woman who's like romanticizes something that's just maybe not viable. But I don't know. Who knows? Are you doing that? Are you doing that because you're a realist? Because of what you said about your kids? Or are you just doing that to kind of protect yourself? Probably a combination of all of them, I would I would think. Um I would think. I I don't know. I just uh it's good for now. And the only thing that matters is right now. Um good. I'm not having any I'm not having any more kids. You know, that is not something I'm offering to any man. And I'm, I highly doubt I will get married again. I would like to partner off and have a partner and so on and so on. But, and that's why we're monog- not monogamous, not because I'm actually sleeping with other people or anything like that, but because if someone were to walk into my life that is probably more suitable for a long-term relationship, I want to keep that option open. And I'm assuming we're not monogamous because he doesn't live here and he's 34 and he lives in, you know, a metropolis. And um, I'm hoping he takes advantage of that and lives his life, you know, fully. So this is a lesson to be learned, but I wouldn't start this off explaining this to your kids when you're talking to them about dating. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> So let's, let's talk about dating open relationships, Paul. <laughs> no, no, uh, probably not. I wouldn't tell it. It's so funny. My kids are so vanilla and they're so like innocent and sweet. And just, uh, you, oh, you, you know, so uh, I, I'm hesitating because <laughs> there is a chance that perhaps you blow my, that bubble up for me. Tom? What's that? Are you going to blow that bubble up for me? Yeah, I'm going to blow that bowl up for you. So there's a chance that maybe my kids or one one of my kids may listen. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna be as general as possible. But I had this philosophy when I was young or younger, a young parent, because I got my kids' cell phones relatively early in age, I think, as a parent. I can't remember. I want to say like maybe 12 maybe um, because, and it was my daughter, because she took a school bus to school and I couldn't always be there uh, when she got on the school bus so I, I felt better knowing that she had a cell phone so I had this kind of hard fast rule that look you can have a cell phone but I get the phone charger so if you want your cell phone you have to give it to me to charge it um, and part of that was so that she wasn't on her cell phone at night when she was supposed to be sleeping but also I'm not going to lie 
to make sure that she was using the cell phone for its intended use. Let's just leave it at that. I, I get it. Trust me. I, I've been there. That bubble's already been burst. Me, oh, okay. But, well, yeah. Okay. So there but, you go. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but that's why I'm saying they're still, when I say they're very sweet and innocent, vanilla, I'm comparing them to me at 15. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I've listened to this podcast. I don't know if that's a fair, a fair comparison. <laughs> At least you didn't yeah. say you at 44. <laughs> but when I was 15, I had my first boyfriend when I was 15, and I, um, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but... It, We've talked about your he, first boyfriend before. My first boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Okay. He was the luckiest man on earth. <laughs> he, knows he, he knows that now that we're in our 40s. He's still, you know, I could probably call him up tomorrow and say, hey, let's get married, and he would. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, no, my kids. Um, why would you say he was that, the luckiest man or luckiest boy? He was. Why? Yeah, he was the. Um, uh, oh, the why. Um, I think because I, the relationship had to be in secret, but I was also, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I, I'm very sexual. I didn't know, you know, I didn't, at 15, didn't have sex or anything, but. Everything else, I mean, I can't, we can't publish this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we, I've actually think we talked about this the first time we ever did a podcast together. Okay, you need to edit this part out. <clears throat> but no just way. let's say, he was very lucky. He was nice. very lucky. For a 15-year-old boy, he was very, very lucky. Um, yeah, I think everybody knows what you're saying. <laughs> I just, I, I just wanted you to actually say it. That's all. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm, I'm working on this, um, this book. It's no, it's an adult book now, and um, I, it's in theory it would fall under chiclet if I if I do pursue it and finish it, and um, and I'm just on chapter two, and I think. The number of times I've used the word blowjob, mutual masturbation, great, best sex ever. Um, I called him daddy. All of these phrases are oh just gosh. in the first two chapters. <laughs> and I'm in a writer's critique group and I had to sit there and read my two chapters or read these chapters. And they're all like men older and a couple of them were older men. And uh, one of my friends who was there later, I, I texted him and was like, I can't believe I read that in front of all of you. Like if I ever chicken out on something, you remind me how, you know, and he's like, that took balls. <laughs> the so, book, yeah. does, the, the, the writing didn't start out with dear playboy, did it? <laughs> no, no, it's, um, it's funny. It was, it's, uh, the character may be loosely based on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw something out there. The character's 15. No, no, oh. she's uh, 44. <laughs> oh, okay, even better. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. But, um, no, I, you know, I if you listen to the podcast or read the blog, I, I think sex is great. I love sex. I think sex is one of the best things about being human. I don't shy away from it. And, um, and I'm, you know, before Mr. Youngman, here i i was on a dry spell it'd been like 100 days i was texting one of my friends in florida i'm like oh my god it's been 100 days i, pi- I picture so the marisol's 
in your bathroom or something, you have a calendar and you have like a black X or red X. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm approaching a hundred days. No, it was great because it was before I remember how I went to Paris this summer. Yeah. It was prior to Paris. And then I kind of had this whole moment in Paris where I'm like, I'm ready to be in love and I, I, I'm wanting a relationship and you know, enough fucking around fucking around meaning not literally fucking around but fucking around with just you know lovers versus um you know whatever boyfriends whatever you want to call them and um i and so i did so when i came back from paris and i had that mindset i just didn't go out because i didn't meet anyone that i knew i would want a long-term relationship with but i kind of cut myself off from short-term relationships right um and it was fine because I, I had other things I was working on. <laughs> it's amazing how productive I was. <laughs> Finished a book. <laughs> I was all caught up on my podcast and blog. <laughs> and now you're behind um, on your blog. <laughs> What's a podcast anymore? Who's got time for that? I got a 34-year-old. <laughs> but, um, but then I, I, it was about, I would say, four weeks ago, especially when I started writing this new book, I, I, I just was like, well, this, why am I doing this to myself? Like, I'm self-imposing this on myself, not for social norms, not because I care. It, it, for what? what it, you know? And I was having this conversation with a friend of mine where I was like, when I date people, when I have emotional relationships where they're you know, let's say in quotation marks, my boyfriend or, you know, we're dating and it's exclusive and it's monogamous. It, ne- I, I have a hundred percent failure rate. It does not work out for me when I have short term relationships, which have a beginning, a middle and end are monogamish or monogamous. But, you know, <laughs> when it's not, emo- there's no emotional I mean, there's an emotional connection because I, I do have to have that, you know, for to have a sexual relationship. But when there's not, I don't identify them as a anything more than a lover. I'm hap- I'm at my happiest. I'm at my happiest, and I'm, uh, I, and I don't know why I keep fighting that it, because I'm trying to fit into the social norm where I'm like, okay, I guess I'd have to like, you know have a boyfriend, and then you know we're gonna go to dinner and a movie and. You know, five years from now, we're going to hate each other. <laughs> the circle but, of life. <laughs> I, had a, um, I had a simple philosophy when I was dating all those years ago, but it it, uh, it did well for me was I would simply date somebody until it wasn't fun anymore. And that sounds and, terrible, but I was just like, you know what? It's not fun for anymore. And so I would end it. <laughs> but, the you know, these short-term relationships that I've had over since my divorce I'm still mostly friends with most of them like it's not it wasn't it becomes there's pain and acrimony when I try to fit into a box of um being someone's girlfriend or being so and and I do crave that you know there'll be times where I'm like oh I, I want that but it never works out for me um or it hasn't as of yet worked out for me but the short-term ones, like the now with the thirty-four-year-old, I, I I enjoy that. <laughs> I do because it's just it's there's no expectation, you know. Um, and however it ends, we'll probably end up being friends. 
you know, and staying in touch with each other and, you know, um, in between, you know, other short-term relationships, we might circle back. Who knows? Friends it's with benefits. Little... How, how, uh, <laughs> how long have you been seeing Mr. 34-year-old? Well, I've, we've been communicating for, I want to say close to a year, but it's probably not that. <clears throat> um, but as far as, you know, taking it to the next level, uh, it's been within the last 30 days or so. Okay. So uh, I'm sitting here thinking as your producer, not as the podcaster, <laughs> as your producer, I'm like, we may have like one or two podcasts in here, but as a podcaster for Dadson, I don't know if I can air this on my podcast. You take the college stuff and I'll take the gender. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a, that's not a bad idea. Now I'll put the whole thing on there. It'll be fun. Um, so I do have a question, podcaster to podcaster. Shoot. Mm-hmm. Is, is that right? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Yeah. So I, when I started the podcast, Dadson, I knew I had a, I knew I had a shelf life because you know I had no. I we joke about on some previous episodes that like I'm going to go to college with them so we can keep recording the podcast or he can call in, but I know he's not going to do that, and I had no real, uh, re, no realistic expectations. So my question to you is. I've only had one other guest person on this podcast, and that was my wife, and we just talked about our kids. <laughs> um, uh, what? Uh, so I'm trying to decide if I'm just going to end this podcast, basically, when he goes to college, or if I should continue it but bring on different guests. What, any thoughts on that? Uh, well, I definitely think you should keep podcasting because you're good at it, and I think you genuinely enjoy it, um, and so you should do it. I, I, for, I think... Remember, um, I can't remember her name, but you guys guessed. Oh, yeah, Kim. Kim. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, did, we, we filled you, in while you were I, in, in Paris. Yeah, I could definitely see you doing like this, like a two-person, like a girl, you know, guy podcast. And, you know, what topics you discuss are pretty much limitless depending on who, who that partner is. But um, I would have, I would say maybe dad, son, is is sort of like cereal, you know, it's a season. You've oh, had yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. have your season. Um and then maybe there's return, you know, you know how Will and Grace just came back? <laughs> yeah. Have you been watching that by the way? <laughs> no, no, I'm waiting for it to finish. I'm a binge watcher. Oh and there's very few things I don't I love to consume things in a binge way binge way. Um so that's one of those like the next time I start to suffer you know, my bouts of depression, <clears throat> probably when Mr. 34-year-old and I finish, <laughs> I'll consume, you know, Will and Grace in um, a couple well, wait, hours. Wait, wait, wait. Circling back to Mr. 34-year-old, by the way, good nickname for him. Um, <laughs> you just said that you guys are keeping it light and, you know, not real serious. So you think you'll get depressed if that ends? Oh, uh, No. Honestly, I'll probably get depressed uh, during the holidays, which is my MO. <laughs> oh. so, and that's just right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no. Actually, my depressions are really far and few between, and they're for much smaller cycles. You know, it's um, I've been in a really good place um, for a while now. So, you know, I still have them. It's still, you know, I, I might have them for the rest of my life, I think. But um, they're very short, like um, 
and again, long periods between them. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But no, I don't think I, I, I don't know. It's so it's just new and it's fresh. So I don't know how it it's all shakes out. But no, I, I don't think I would be. I would be as depressed as um, as the relationship warrants it to be at the time. Yeah. And tonight after he listens to this podcast. <laughs> Who knows? (laughs) But we'll see. Hopefully, he won't listen to this one because that would be embarrassing. No, you know you should. You know what we should title it? We should. The title of it should just be number thirty-four. Don't listen. That's what we'll call it. (laughs) I'll be like, "Why the hell did you come up with that title?" And then forty minutes in, they'll realize why. Yeah, that's funny. Children and um, thirty-four-year-olds should not listen. Yeah, that's what we should call. Well, yeah. it, we should call it "No Children Allowed." <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. My, I did ask my kids because I, I did have this moment like of um, guilt about the age difference because I, I mean, I, again, and I've been with younger men, but very quickly realized it wasn't my thing, and it wasn't not my thing. It was more like, oh, I realized they had a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really want to play the role of the thing that they were thinking about. So I was like, Ooh, basically milfs, you know, I didn't, I, or cougars or whatever you can it. There's, there's definitely men who seek that out. And, um, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Um, but so I, I had some kind of like, I don't know, like hesitation about, um, him. And I, I texted a friend of mine. It's like, Hey, is, 34 T young and she's like no go for it yay I love you and you know I love living vicariously through your shit <laughs> but I, I kind of was just cooking or something and I asked the older kids I'm like hey if I dated a younger man like you know what what would you guys think about it and they both were like oh no but then I was like but hey your dad's dating like I think someone who's like 12 years younger than him like how is that fair <laughs> good for you and, for calling uh, that out huh i said good for you for calling that out that's a good point I was like, like what you know what i don't understand that um and and they kind of were like oh and then my daughter do- i think my daughter kind of came around to she's like no you know whatever makes you happy and you know and, and my son's just like i don't want to have this discussion with you <laughs> 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 I'm going to go back up to my room and, you know. And that, that's, a, that's a good way to to kind of bring this all full circle so it makes it sound like we're actually we're talking about our kids. Um, uh, the fact that you were, you know, you talked about dating stereotypes and, you know, should the, should the boy pay for the, the young man pay for the young woman to go on a date and you have this urge to say, you know, no, that's bullshit. And you called it out there too. I mean, if if your ex husband can date somebody twelve years younger, I, why I, can't by the way, you? I should say I think that's what I've been told. I I really don't know, but <laughs> I think that's the age difference, but close to it, you know. It's, yeah. If not, if not him, a lot of other men. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's if the reverse. If I was if I was a forty four year old man and she's a thirty four year old woman, there's no problem. No one would even bat an eyelash at it. Right. That's that's very true. So, um, 
there I am breaking molds. <laughs> breaking molds, breaking hearts. <laughs> this is the this is know. the fun podcast, man. <laughs> well, see, we could do a podcast after your son graduates. I could be. We could have our own. Um. Um. Where you could just ask me questions. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, we'll call it Marisol's sex life. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Can you imagine? No. So, so you posted something, uh, and I know we got to wrap this up because I know we're well over an hour. But you posted something on Instagram that's really last couple of days. It's really I've thought about this every morning when I wake up, and I heard somebody. I went to a post. I, I went to a. <laughs> it's it's a good thing. I'm not I'm not making it weirder. Um, and somebody, <laughs> I went to a uh, uh, one of the programs that I work with. They serve. Uh, it's an alternative school basically for girls and they had a poetry contest and one of the poets and they write their own poetry and it was really phenomenal and moving. And one of them said something kind of similar, but you posted, it was a meme, one life, just one. Why aren't we running like we were on fire towards our wildest dreams? Oh, and you know, I, I thought you were going <laughs> to do something. One where I was like, Jason was choking the girl. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I didn't see that Did one. Hold on. One? Jason, the, uh, oh, yeah. The yeah. Halloween character is choking the girl. The oh girl's like, it's harder, daddy. <laughs> I just saw that one. How did, oh, my God. <laughs> so. uh, that's where I thought you were going with that. Um, yeah, no, I totally um, believe that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Both. <laughs> no, just That's so um, awesome. No, I feel like this point in my life, I am living my life as close to what I want it to be as possible. Like, I, um, you know, I'm writing, I'm working um, on several projects that use um, my creativity, my marketing, um, and things that I enjoy doing. I mean, there's two work needs. There's the one where, um, I do something that I, I know I'm successful at, but I don't, it, it's a, it's a grind. It, there's no pleasure. There's no creativity. And there's this other me that does all this stuff. And, and, and lately I've been able to do the second stuff, um, and start seeing fruits of my labor. And that's really exciting. Um, and I kind of just feel like it's a flow. Like if you find your flow, if you find your rhythm and you just want to, I just want to be there. Like, why am I going to hustle for something that doesn't bring me any, um, anything but a paycheck? Whereas I could hustle for something that brings me a paycheck and enjoyment and fulfillment and, um, <clears throat> creative outlet. So, um, I, I just right now where I'm at at 44 years old with a 34 year old lover, I feel like I'm living my life. <laughs> um, I'm sure every 44 year old listening to this is like, yeah, if I had a 34 year old lover, I'd feel like I was living my life too. <laughs> um, I, you know, life is really good for me and, um, and I, I love it and I'm happy. Um, and I'm as happy as I've ever been in my life. And I'm as fulfilled as ever. And I still, you know, like we have spent an hour talking where if you, if you just tuned in and you don't know me and you've never read my things, 
you're like, yeah, she's just some like horny slut, but I'm not, I'm like a really good person (laughs) and I'm a really like spiritual person on top of that. Like I really have grown into, um, learning to love and take care of myself and by extension, um, I don't know. Life's just great. So that's good. Yeah. That meme like spoke to me because that's kind of how I feel like, you know, get up and, and get the day going because it's your one day closer to not being in this body anymore. Yeah. And so do you want to explain the Jason meme then too? No. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> that was just a Halloween meme. I just thought it was funny. It just said, you know, Jason would have been in 2017 and he's um, choking someone and the girl's going, choke me harder. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> So, and I so, thought that was so perfect because it's true. Sure, <laughs> Jason would be like, women nowadays. Like I hear this from men all the time. Like you know, uh, we go through these like pendulums, and at least American society. And so, like whatever, Fifty Shades was popular a few years ago, and and women, you know, tack onto that and they tack on their sexuality and they think, oh, that they want you know a man to be or they're into BDSM and they don't even know what BDSM is. And by the way, 50 shades of gray is crap. <laughs> it's complete crap. Okay. I have a Mental note topic. topic for another podcast to hear yeah. Marisol's experience in this. Okay. Continue. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's, um, so girl, like women now want these things from men or they think they want these things from men. And, and you know, <laughs> It's not necessarily the case, but <clears throat> anyway, that's a different show. All right, so so that that's the Jason thing, by the way, folks. Um, and I'm I'm putting on my producer producer hat here. Uh, make sure that you check out Marisol on Instagram at Marisol Podcast um, and follow her on Instagram because it's pretty funny and insightful. I will I will say I do get a lot of compliments on my Instagram. Like I get a lot of private messages, like. I've just laughed the shit. Like I, <laughs> like I think it's like you know spiritual or like you know motivational, and then I'll throw in like a really pervy one, and I, you know, people are like, "What the hell?" Well, listen, folks, you just got to go just to see the Jason one <laughs> because it's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, so uh, should we wrap it up? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I always sign off by, my son and I have these catchphrases that we do. I always say, be in there like swimwear. And he always says, make it happen, Captain. So I'm going to end with, all right, be in there like swimwear. And you can end however you want to end it. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Dad. Son. Dad. Son. Dad. Son. Dad. Son. Dad. Son, dad, son, dad, son, dad, son.